0: Good evening and welcome to our nightly broadcast for New RQPC. It is so good to have you here with us tonight. We want to welcome everyone. And we want to also give a special welcome to any new viewers or guests we might have with us tonight. I do want to point you to newrqpc.info. That is our place for all things. Um all things new RQPC that have to do with info. Uh, we have information there about small groups. We have information there about our kids hub that meets on Sundays. We have information there about our youth group that meets on Wednesdays. All of our quote services are right now online, but um, we are staying very active, keeping everybody engaged and we are excited to have you here with us. Tonight, I get the privilege of introducing the theme for the week, which is lessons from children in the Bible. Now, in the context of the Bible, we don't hear a lot from children. They are um, kind of to be seen and not heard, if they're even seen. We don't have very many children talking in the Bible. Usually, when we have words coming from children they um it's more often to be someone who later grows up to be a big important person uh we have we have samuel for instance speaking some we have david uh speaking some we have some teenagers speaking uh, but we don't have that many children who are actors in stories in the bible But this week we have chosen a few, some of the few that are there. Some of them speak, some of them don't, but they were all very important. And there are lessons we can learn from them. Matthew 18 verse 3 says, then he said, this is Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So we very often and much concentrate, and we should, on encouraging people to turn from their sins. But another component of getting into the kingdom of heaven is to become like a little child. So what does that mean? Well, tonight we're going to get just a piece of it. And funny enough, this lesson could also be a continuation of last week's theme, which was what's in your hand, because we have used um, in this story, what is in the little boy's hand. So this story is uh, the little boys lunch, and also known as Jesus feeds 5000 5000. But I prefer to call it the little boys lunch. It is found in John chapter 6 verses 1 through 13. And interestingly enough, little piece of trivia, it is the only miracle of Jesus that is contained and told in all four of the Gospels. Not all of them tell about the little boy. So that's why I've chosen John tonight. Uh, But let's just start in and read. We're going to do a slow read. Desi has left his mark on me, probably a lot of you. We're going to do a slow read, and I'll interject some points. And then at the end, we'll draw out some lessons that we can learn from children in the Bible. So john chapter six, verse one says, after this, Jesus crossed over, wait, hold on, we have a person being introduced here, I'm going to point to the people that are introduced kind of our cast of characters. If I were teaching this to a Sunday school class, and I have taught this, I think, to Sunday school classes, I would have, I would set up a little play. I would call Johnny up to pretend he was Jesus. I'd have some kind of towel to put on his head or a robe or a scarf or something to make him Jesus. I'd call Susie up to be somebody else um and so i would make a play i can't do that tonight so pretend in your mind if you can um just pretend this is a an action scene i don't know whether you want to call it a movie or a play or a pantomime whatever you want to but this is an action scene of things happening there's there's things happening in this story it's this not a philosophical sermon in which jesus just you know like the sermon on the mount where he downloads a lot of wisdom now you have actors in this story so the first actor is jesus jesus crossed over to the far side of the sea of galilee also known as the sea of tiberias okay now one thing i personally want to get better at but i haven't yet is learning the geography of the bible stories i haven't yet i want to Because there's a lot of things, I think, buried in there that we're not familiar with. But one thing I do know is the Sea of Galilee, especially the far side of the Sea of Galilee, would have been a very remote place. In fact, one of the other Gospels that tells this story calls it a remote place. So they're out in the boondocks. um, And Jesus, again, some of the other Gospels talk about him trying to get away from the people. Because verse 2 says, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Oh, now we have some other actors. We have a huge crowd. We learn later that it was 5,000 men. And we know there was children because there was at least one little boy with them. So it was larger than 5,000. It was at least 5,001. Probably many more than that. Estimates go up to 20,000. But we aren't sure. In those days, they didn't count the women and children. There's a lesson in that too. But anyway, uh, that's not our topic tonight. The huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Verse 3. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. I imagine that this is like a natural amphitheater. So people, I I think probably Jesus was at kind of the bottom of the hill and people around him so that they could see him, but I'm not sure. And I don't know how they heard him. He must have had a, a very projecting voice, but this is the story. Verse four, I have no idea why this is in here. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Okay. Uh, Maybe the people were traveling around and that's why the crowd was kind of loose and not at home. We don't know why they said that. The writer obviously had some reason, but I don't know what it is. So moving on. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip. Oh, we have another actor. We have another character in our play. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? So now in our, in our story in our true story, but it is a story. We have a problem or a conflict. These people are hungry. In some of the other miracles where Jesus feeds large groups of people. um, It says they've been following him for days and they would faint if he tried to send them away. But the question is, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was verse six. He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. This is not my main point, but there is a lesson to be learned here that God knows our need. And he has a plan before we even ask. And sometimes even though the Bible says he doesn't tempt us. Sometimes he does test us to see what we're going to do, even though he already knows the answer. Also, we know from other contexts that Philip was from this area. So it was a remote area and Philip probably kind of knew what was around and there, there wasn't going to be a place to buy that much food. You're out in the boondocks you got 20,000 people, you need to feed them all. There aren't going to be local bakers or markets or farmers or whatever that have that much stock. There's just not that much food. They didn't have uh, the preservation methods that we have today. And even still, to order food for 20,000 people, I would imagine you would have to make a special order, even today. So this was a problem. It was a remote area. There wasn't food around. Philip replied in verse seven, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. He doesn't even deal with the fact that there's not enough food in the whole geographic area to feed this group. But he says, if even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough food. Um, the, the amount of money stated was 200 days labor in money. Um, and that would be just about enough for everybody to have a snack. So we have a problem here. We have a hungry crowd. If the other other stories are the same, they might have been very, very hungry because they had been following him for a while. There isn't enough food in the area. If there was, we don't have the money to buy that food. So we just have a real problem. In Matthew, the disciples say to just send them away. So that's that solution. We get to verse eight and then Andrew, another character, Andrew, And this cracks me up. Simon Peter's brother. In case we didn't know who Andrew was, we know who Simon Peter is. If you have an overpowering brother, older brother, younger brother, brother that gets all the glory, or friend who gets all the glory, and you're introduced as so-and-so's brother, or so-and-so's friend, or lately I've turned into Vince, Caleb, Marcus, Candace, Cassandra's mom. That's okay. You can still do things that are important. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Verse nine, he says, there's a young boy here. This young boy, that word means that he was pre-puberty. He wasn't a teenager, he was a young boy. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Barley was the poor people's food. It was the food you bought if you didn't have the money to buy good bread. It was the ingredient that that the, the poor folk used. So that's what he had. He had five barley loaves, probably like a flatbread type thing, and two fish, the fish would have been some kind of prepared fish. These weren't just pulled straight out of the stream. It might've been dried or salted or tuna fish sandwich. Or, But basically the guy, the little boy had a fish sandwich, two of them, or however you want to say it. Maybe had kind of a pita bread and some fish. And Andrew says, look, there's a little boy here and he's got five loaves and two fish. But what good is that with these, with this huge crowd? So we have huge problems and we have huge doubts. Even Andrew who brought the little boy forward had doubts. He's like, well, we had this, but it's not enough. You have Philip saying we couldn't work for, even if we worked for, you know, long time, we couldn't, we couldn't have enough money. They're not ha- people of great faith right now. Uh, now this verse always brings me to questions about the little boy. Uh, I'm a mother of five children and I know it's a different context back then, but you have this little boy who's out on the hillside with Jesus and the disciples, where are his parents? I think maybe there's a possibility they were in the crowd and little Johnny wanted to go up and sit near the front so he could hear better and see better. And maybe they let him. Maybe the mom had her eye on him the whole time. I don't know. Maybe he was there with someone else. Maybe he had just sneaked away for the day. Maybe he was an an orphan street child. We don't know. But I don't think he was an orphan street child because somebody was taking care of him. Somebody had baked him five barley loaves and given him some fish. Being a young boy, they probably knew he would get hungry before he got home. All the women out there probably are asking another question. Maybe some of the men, too. Rick Carter's probably asking the question Why didn't other people have food? Maybe they had eaten it all. Maybe they'd been following Jesus for days and they were hungry. Maybe they had it stuffed in a bag and didn't want to get it out for fear of having to share. I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions in this story. And I hope that when I get to heaven, I can find the little boy and ask him some questions. I also hope I can ask, I can find his mother and ask her some questions. There was a mother talking about your characters. Oh, I forgot to point out that we now have a young boy on the scene, but behind the scenes, there was someone who made the little boy, the barley loaves and the fish. And I suspect it was a woman because in that context, it was probably, it was the women who baked the bread and took care of the children. So I suspect it was his mother might not have been might have been an aunt or a grandma or a neighbor. We don't know. Somebody behind the scenes was helping this little boy. Also, I suspect though it's not proven in Scripture. They had taught him to share what he had. So whether Andrew came up and asked if he could have his lunch, or whether the little boy came up and just volunteered it. I don't know. I know that children tend to eavesdrop on things, they tend to be nosy, so maybe the little boy sitting on the front row heard the discussion going on between Jesus and Philip, and said, well, you can have what I have, but Andrew said, well, it's not going to be enough, but he didn't want to shame the little boy and say, no, go sit down. I don't know how it all played out. There's some interesting questions there. So after this interaction, we come to verse 10. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. And here we get the number. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Verse 11. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to the people. Here's another free point. Jesus takes our common thing, our barley loaf. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, the best kind of bread. If it's what we have and we give it to him, he can use it. It doesn't have to be the best. It just has to be what we have. He takes our common thing and he multiplies it to be enough because Jesus gave thanks and distributed them to the people afterward he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted let's talk about the ancient world for a minute i know i'm doing a lot of extra extra information tonight but in understanding the bible we have to realize in the ancient world in ancient bible times also in much of the world today food is scarce uh if you needed food You couldn't necessarily just go to your cabinet and get out a box of cereal, pour yourself some cereal and some milk and have a midnight snack. You couldn't go make a grilled cheese at the drop of a hat. Anytime you had a craving. Um, no, it was food was scarce. Most of the people in the ancient world would have been familiar with the feeling of hunger. And in this, Verse. It says they all ate as much as they wanted. Now it wasn't a you know six course buff uh, six course meal. It wasn't a buffet of anything they want anything they wanted. But they had enough to eat. I suspect some of these people. It had been a very long time since they had had all they wanted. Verse twelve. After everyone was full. Jesus told his disciples, "Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted." Now, this is a little point I like to make that Jesus believes in leftovers. There's nothing wrong with saving for later from what God has blessed you with. You might need some of it tomorrow. You don't have to throw it away. Um so they they gathered up the leftovers. They pick uh, verse 13 says, so they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. So this was a, you know, they'd been real hungry. So they took three pieces of bread, and they got to the end of the second one and just couldn't eat the third one. So they gave it back that kind of thing. They filled up 12 baskets full from five loaves and two fishes. These weren't, the word for this isn't little bitty baskets. These are like hauling to market things, baskets. These are big baskets and they filled up 12 baskets full. What happened to the leftovers? There's supposition. Maybe there was one for each disciple. I think the little boy took some home, Uh, but I don't know. We, We aren't told that. So that's the end of my play in your mind and we have a miracle here where a little boy gave what he had and jesus multiplied it so the two points i've already made where god knows our need and he has a plan before we even ask point two was he takes our common thing and he multiplies it to be enough if we give it to him Number three is we should give him what we have, even if it's not enough, even if it's just a little bit, if it's what we have, we should give it to Jesus, even if it's mixed with doubt. Give him not only our money, but also our abilities, um, our creativity, our connections, kind of a Andrew was saying, I know a guy type of thing here. It's not just money that he needs, or that we need to give him. It is all kinds of things that we can give to Jesus from what we have. And again, it doesn't have to be fancy or the best of the best. And the last point, which is one I've never heard made from this scripture. But I think it's important for us to learn. We always hear this story. And again, tonight we're focusing on the little boy who gave his lunch. And obviously I agree with that. This little boy was important and he had enough faith to give what he had. But Jesus in this story used a team of people. He had his disciples sitting around. He had the crowd in the background. But if it had just been Jesus and the little boy in the crowd, we wouldn't have his story. He was asking Philip questions. Now, Philip, in this case, didn't really have anything to offer. Sometimes our members of our teams that we're in or our groups that we're in don't have a lot to offer. And that's okay, they're still a valuable part of the team. I'm glad that that's part of being a team is that some people are good at things and some people are good at other things and I don't have to be good at everything and that's okay. Um, But there was also Andrew who knew a guy. And from what we understand, Peter was the loud brother and Andrew was the quiet brother. Andrew wasn't the one that had the suggestion all the time. But this time he did. And with this team, Jesus fed 5,000. So, and also in the background, you had this mother who cooked the bread, who's not even mentioned. And that's okay, too. Sometimes you'll be part of the team, part of what God is using together, and you'll never even be mentioned. But you're still an important, very important part of the team. It's okay to be in the background. So the the lesson tonight about what can we learn from the Bible, there are several things. Give God what you got. Be content to be part of a team. And the Bible says that we have to become as little children to enter the kingdom of God. So as we go about this week and even forward, I would ask you to watch the kids around you, watch the kids as they uh, as they play in your living room, or watch the kids, um, whatever access you have to kids. Keep an eye on them this week, not in a creepy sort of way, but just in as as an observation or if you don't have kids around think about when your kids were little or when you were a kid and think about what what does come as a little child mean and how can it apply to your life because it is important we all have to come as a little child to enter into the kingdom of heaven in conclusion i want to thank you for joining us again if you want to find out more about us, please go to newrqpc.info where you can do a prayer request. You can do more than one. You can request baptism only once on that one. You can partner in giving. You can join a small group. And the children and teens can get information about those Zoom meetings. I do have two announcements. One is that we will be having communion during our evening broadcast on Easter Sunday, and that is April 4th. So uh, Jesus looked around the table at the Last Supper and basically used what was on the table. Maybe it was a barley loaf. I don't know. No, it would, it would have been unleavened, whatever the case. But anyway, um, he he used what was there. So you can use what's in your cupboard. You can, we gave you a little time if you want to buy something special from the grocery store, uh, you will have time, but that will be April the 4th, Easter Sunday. And I hope I'm not blowing it, but we do have a special guest coming on that night. And I have another announcement, which is about small groups. There was an email and a text message that went out today about our new small group structure. If you, did not get that or you want more information check out guess where newarkupc.info communication card and then if you still have questions give the church phone number a call and ask all your questions and we will see if we can find you answers we have concluded our first quarter small groups and we will resume the week of april 6th so this is this is the end of this session, so we have an extra week. We do not have small groups this week and we do not have small groups next week. They will start again the week of April the 6th. So if you do the math, that's the week after Easter. All right, I hope that answers all your questions. Maybe it made you have more questions, I don't know, but go check out newarkupc.info and thank you for joining us tonight. Have a great day tomorrow, and we'll see you tomorrow night for the Bible study. Good night.